Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. You know, when I started on this journey of motherhood, I wanted to be a 4.0 mom. Any moms like that out there? You know, I wanted to be a straight A mom. I wanted to be a magna cum laude mommy. All right, anybody wanted to be like that when you started the journey of motherhood? You know, back when I was in high school, I graduated magna cum laude and guess what I got to do? I got to give a speech. I got to tell everybody how I thought that we should live and how we should go about our days. It was an amazing moment that I earned because I got straight A's. Went to college, did the same thing, didn't get to give a speech. Went to graduate school, got my 4.0 and I'd earned it. And so then I dove into motherhood and I wanted to be a 4.0 mom. I remember after having my first daughter and then my second daughter, I made this binder. I still have it to this day. And it was called Life Lessons and had these really cute pictures, Christiana, on the very front of you and Anastasia and had all these categories and files about how I was going to accomplish getting straight A's, 100% in motherhood. Problem is, I'm not a 4.0 person. And it didn't take me too many months or years or children for me to reach the end of myself because of my brokenness and my fallenness. And this morning, I stand before you giving this speech, as it is, this message, not because I'm a net magna cum laude mommy. I don't have straight A's that allow me to stand right here. I stand before you this morning humbly, Delivering the word of God because he has something to say to us through his word this morning. And I have the privilege and the honor given to me by my pastor, my husband, to deliver this part of God's word to you this morning. We get to look at Matthew 18 and 19 in God's word this morning. And as I have looked at this passage, these passages in the months preparing for this message, my heart has been so encouraged because even though I'm not a straight A mom, in fact, I'm pretty sure I got some F's just yesterday. God wants to do something through my very oh so ordinary life. And you know what, moms? He wants to do something through each of you as well. Aunts, friends, grandmas, women who have never had biological children, God wants to do something through you. Yes, you. Dads, uncles, big brothers. God wants to do something through each of us. He wants to take our desperately ordinary lives and he wants to do something extraordinary through it. So today today we're going to answer this question and I'm gonna gear most of this message toward moms because it is Mother's Day. 
But really, this is applicable to all of us. And the question that we're going to answer is this. How can an ordinary mom live an extraordinary life? I want to say welcome to those of you who are here this morning. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online. And a special welcome to those of you who will be listening to this later through the podcast on Family Disciple Me for Vanguard Church. We are so glad that you are a part this morning. If you will, you can open in your Bibles with me. You can turn to your apps, look at your programs to Matthew 18. And we come to this moment in scripture where Jesus is in the town of Capernaum. And the disciples, they maybe not speak in the terms of 4.0 straight A, but they were in this moment where they were trying to figure out how each of them could be the greatest. They wanted to know which of them was going to be the one to be able to stand on the platform and give the speech about, I'm the best, I'm the most amazing, I'm the most extraordinary. And as we slip into this scene and we get to look over their shoulders through scripture and see what happened, the fortunate thing for us is that they went to Jesus with this question. So if you will, let's look at Matthew 18, 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, Jesus put that child in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The disciples, they began comparing, but Jesus beckoned a child. Little boy, Timothy, come here, come over here. Come sit on my knee. I want to show these guys something. They think they know everything. They're trying to figure out who's the greatest. Timmy, come here. Sit on my lap. You see this? See this little boy? Unless you become like him, you're not going to be part of the kingdom of heaven. What? What does that mean? What was Jesus saying to them? That child in this scripture was probably very young. Most scholars say that this was probably a little boy. And yet the application for it is even greater than that. Sometimes this Greek word for child can be translated anyone in the growing up process. And I want to say to you this morning, as you listen to this message, I want you to think about this child theme in terms of the next generation. Who is it that God has entrusted to you? They may be a little child, maybe a baby, a toddler. It may be an elementary child or a middle schooler or a high schooler. It could be young adults. It could be anybody of the next generation that God has placed in your life and entrusted to you. If we want to live extraordinary lives, here's the thing. We've got to quit comparing ourselves. We've got to quit going to social media and comparing ourselves to everybody else there. We've got to quit looking around us and start looking up. Amen. How does an ordinary mom live an extraordinary life? Here's point number one. Get Jesus' perspective about yourself and about those entrusted to you. Get Jesus' perspective about yourself and those entrusted to you. What does Jesus think about children? He values them. 
He loves them. Jesus has a heart for the next generation. But what's more, what does Jesus think about you? Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He sees the nuances of your life. He knows what is going on in your world. Sometimes in parts of my life, I feel like persona non grata. I'm invisible. I don't matter. I'm erased in certain segments of my life. But the truth is when I seek Jesus about his perspective of me, I know that I am a beloved daughter of the King. I know that I matter to him. I know that he sees me in my motherhood. I know that it doesn't matter how many social media likes I get, how many followers I have, whether or not I've succeeded with perfect straight A's or I've got a few D's and F's on my motherhood report card. I know, I know that I matter to him. How can you get Jesus' perspective? You have to spend time in his word. Moms, if you're so busy, that you're not spending time in his word, you're too busy. Dads, if you're so busy that you can't be in scripture, you're too busy. We've got to be in this to be able to get his perspective about us. That's the first way that we live extraordinary lives is that instead of seeking everybody else's opinion, instead of looking around us and say, you know, I think I've done a better job than her. Oh, my kids turned out better than her kids did. Or, oh, my kids. Wow, they're making me look really bad right now. Instead of all of that, we go to our Father in heaven. We seek our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and say, what do you think about me? And then we listen to him. The scripture continues. Jesus said, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I can imagine that moment. I feel like Jesus is still sitting there in the midst of the crowd and he still has that little, that little boy with him. I'm gonna call him Timothy. He's got his arm around him or you know, maybe he's holding his hand. He's keeping him close. And he says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Just a side point. I wonder who that child was and I wonder what happened to him when he grew up after having that blessing from the Lord of the universe spoken over him. That's a story we shall find out in eternity. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one such child, one such child in my name receives me. And then a few verses later, Jesus said this, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. There are so many applications to these scriptures. Motherhood is humbling. Can I hear an amen? Yes. Yes, it is very humbling. It is the hardest work we will ever do. It's also the most wonderful work but it's difficult. It doesn't just take months or years. It takes a lifetime and it is humbling. Our kids don't always make us look good. Things don't always turn out the way that we want them to. But the bottom line is what we do for Jesus matters. So how do ordinary moms live extraordinary lives? Here's point number two. See the significance of your calling See the significance of your calling. 
When you receive one child in his name, it's literally as if you're receiving Jesus. Think about that. That word to receive means to welcome. You welcome one child, you are welcoming Jesus. You invest in one person in the next generation. You are spreading his kingdom and glorifying him. What's more? And I don't understand this. Not the greatest of scholars can fully explain this, but somehow, some way, we are partnering with the angels when we invest in one of God's children. We have a high and noble calling to make the next generation matter. You know, we live in a world that says the next generation matter, but they give lip service. Because I'm telling you this, when you kill a baby the day before it's born and you call it good and legal and right, you are not valuing the next generation and welcoming that child in Jesus' name. I am ashamed that in our state, that is lauded and praised. Our world says that children matter, and yet there are certain quadrants in our society that are trying to make incest legal. That is sin, that is evil. We have parts of our society that are saying that kids are important, and yet we're not telling them the truth about who God made them and the identity that he gave them that makes them so valuable. Moms. Dads, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, disciplers, student leaders, kids ministry leaders, see, see the significance of your calling. It matters. It matters. The enemy whispers in your ear that you got an F on your report card yesterday. So what you do doesn't matter. I know he's telling you that. He tells me that all the time. We have to rise up out of that and partnering with Jesus. Love the next generation in his name, welcoming them. Now Jesus continues. And these next verses are really hard verses. They're difficult verses. But I want you to hear these in light of the next generation because that is the context in which Jesus spoke them. Matthew 18, 6 says this, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believes in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is necessary that temptations come. And that word necessary means that it's a terrible consequence. This has to happen because of the broken evil world that we're in. But woe to him by whom the temptation comes. And if your hand or your foot causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than with two hands or two feet to be thrown into the eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than with two eyes to be thrown into the hell of fire. Those are some scriptures for Mother's Day, aren't they? Whoa, what does that mean? What do we do with this passage? Here's the application I want you to take away this morning. Jesus, I believe, is talking about stumbling blocks, sin, generational sins, strongholds, temptations, 
And we all have these. Every single one of us has these. You have your brokenness. I have my brokenness. We all have our C's and D's and F's on our report cards. That's the truth. But how do we oh so ordinary, broken, ordinary people live extraordinary lives? Here's point number three. Deal with your issues so you don't pass them on. Deal with your issues so you don't pass them on. What keeps tempting you? What is it that keeps ensnaring you? What is it that's causing you to stumble? What is a stronghold in your life? Maybe it's something like your eating habits. If you don't deal with it, you may be passing that on to the next generation. Maybe you're dealing with the stronghold of addictions. If you don't deal with it, the next generation is watching you and your generational stronghold is going to become theirs. Maybe you're dealing with pornography or social media addiction or watching certain things on on cable or on Netflix or TV. Maybe instead of cutting off your hand, you need to cut off the tube. You need to turn it off. You need to get rid of it. You need to take that app off your phone and be done with it. Because what you engage in is what you're modeling to the next generation. I don't say this lightly because I have my issues as much as you do. It may take counseling to break those strongholds. I avoided counseling for many years because I wanted to be sufficient unto myself to fix myself. I needed the godly help of a counselor, even as a pastor's wife. You may need accountability where you keep falling into this particular stronghold, this particular sin, and you need another man in your life if you're a man, or you need another woman in your life if you're a woman, and you need to say, hold me accountable that I don't go that direction. You may need to get into a life group, or you need to, may need to be connected to somebody who will disciple you and teach you, here's what I have to say whether it's your marriage that's in the grips of destruction, whether it's your own personal habits, whether it's these propensities that you keep falling into, don't say, well, the kids are young. I've got too much to do. Deal with your issues so that you don't pass them on. As a mom of 25 years, because yes, I count the nine months (laughs) that I was pregnant, I know that each of our beautiful children will have their sin struggles of their own. They don't need mine on top of that. And your next generation entrusted to you, they don't need yours either. So friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, let's deal with our issues so we don't pass them on. Jesus continues, I love this. Because he goes from these really hard verses to this. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more 
than over the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. That's what your mom claimed for you as she was anointing your head with oil, JT. Amazing. It's what we get to partner with God in. We worship a God who values the one. Now, I'm the mom of five. And you know what a large family is, right? A large family is any family that's bigger than yours. So I've got this growing family and I have two sons-in-law. I'm about to get a a daughter-in-law this summer. We are growing, but we started out really big as it was. There were seven of us, five kids. And when my kids were younger and we would go to the mall together or go to the beach together, I mean, we were a herd. People stood back and got out of our way (laughs) because there were so many of us. But if you have six kids, you've got a really big family. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. Big family's always whatever's bigger than yours. But I had this moment, I've never forgotten, when our five kids were younger, and I was making some sort of remark about fretting about one of the kids. I wasn't sure where one was. I don't remember what exactly the context was. And I said, I don't know where that one is. And the person sitting at my table said, oh, it doesn't matter. You've got four others. So if you lose one, it's not a big deal. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> you cut off a finger. One is definitely missing. This mama needs all five. Every single one is significant. And in this way, moms, we mirror the heart of God. Because God doesn't stand back and say, oh, I've got my 99, I don't need the one. It's okay, just let them go. Our God's heart is for the one. And you know what? You've been the one, and you've been the one, and you've been the one, and I've been the one that he goes after. He loves each of us, and he loves each of our children. So in this, we get to partner with him. How do ordinary people, ordinary Christ followers live extraordinary lives? Here's point number four. Create an environment for redemption in your family. Create an environment for redemption in your family. Listen to God's heart. Ezekiel 34, 11 and 12. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on the day of clouds and thick darkness. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we get to partner with God in this. We don't get to choose what redemption looks like in our families. Do you understand that? I didn't get that at first. My counselor had to teach me that. Godly people had to teach me that. Tasha, you don't get to choose the outcome, but I do get to partner with God in it. God is the one who serves up the meal of redemption. He's the one who decides what's on the menu, but guess what this mama gets to do? I get to set the table. I get to unlock the door. I get to pave the way home. Moms and dads, grandmas, grandpas, aunts and uncles, discipling, making, godly people, student leaders, we can create an atmosphere 
an environment for redemption in our families, in our church. That's the difference between ordinary Christ followers who really don't care and extraordinary ones. We get to do that together in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who did that for us and is doing that for us in the midst of our own brokenness. Our motherhood report cards don't ultimately reflect our kids. Our motherhood report cards reflect what we partner with and allow Jesus to do in our own lives. Now, I think that as Jesus was teaching these things, this passage, he starts out in Capernaum. And then from there, he keeps going south across, across the Jordan into the Judean area. And I think that word was starting to get, get out about what he was teaching, about what he had to say, because crowds were starting to follow him. I think some very ordinary moms started perking up and saying, what I'm doing is significant. I want to hear what this guy has to say. I think there were some dads, Craig, that said, I want to lead my family this direction. I want to follow this Jesus. And so more and more crowds began to follow him. And Jesus, he continues to teach and he continues to talk about himself and the kingdom of heaven. And in chapter 19, we arrive to this. Verse 13, then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. But the disciples, disciples, they're always the foil characters with us in the New Testament, right, Candace? They just didn't get it. The disciples had heard everything that he had taught, kind of like a lot of Christians who come to church. They heard it, but they hadn't applied it. So the parents, all these people, they're flocking to Jesus for him to lay his hands on the children, for him to pray over them. And what did the disciples do? They rebuked them because of course that's what you do, right? No, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. This is an amazing, an amazing moment. These parents, they started flooding Jesus, not so that they could get that selfie with him, you know, that photo op with this really important guy. They didn't go to him so they could get his autograph that, you know, that they could pass on. They went to Jesus for his blessing. They took the next generation to him so that he could lay his hands on them and pray. So how do you, as an ordinary parent, grandparent, student leader, kids ministry leader, discipler, neighbor, friend, wherever God has you, how do you live an ordinary life that becomes extraordinary? Here's my final thought for this morning. Point five, bring those entrusted to you to Jesus for his blessing. Bring those entrusted to you to Jesus for his blessing. Because here's the truth, no matter how great a mom you are, no matter how great an aunt you are, Crystal, no matter 
how amazing any of us are on any particular day. We know, we know we're not enough. We can never do enough. We can never be enough. We are not always going to be straight A Christians. But guess what? We serve an omnipotent, omniscient, all-loving, forgiving Father, God, Lord of the universe, and He has all power and all authority, and He can bless the next generation more than we ever could. I have the privilege of leading a nonprofit ministry called Family Disciple Me. And the way that we get to bring the next generation to Jesus is by providing not easily accessible, biblical, meaningful discipleship tools for parents and grandparents to have conversations with the next generation. You can check that out at familydiscipleme.org. Shameless plug there, right, Wendy? At Vacation Bible Blast, we're bringing the next generation to Jesus this summer here in just about a month. We're bringing them to Jesus for his blessing by teaching them what it means to be kingdom warriors. You may not have children, but you can be a part of blessing the next generation in Jesus' name. In Vanguard Church, we have a children's ministry that on a weekly basis makes the next generation matter. We have students who serve in the children's ministry. We have adults who week after week invest in the next generation. You can be a part of that blessing. We have a student leader who himself grew up with people at Vanguard Church mentoring and discipling him who is now turning around and blessing the next generation in Jesus' name. God doesn't want us to just sit back and live ordinary lives. We can do that. We can go along with what's politically correct. We can keep our mouths shut about Jesus because it's old fashioned and who believes the Bible anymore? Or we can stand up with everything that's in us and we can love the next generation in Jesus' name. That's extraordinary. We can look the enemy in the face and we can say, not in my house. You ain't getting these. God has entrusted these to me and we fight hell. Like President Zelensky is fighting Russia because God has entrusted this next generation to us. It may be at your dinner table that you say at this table, we're talking about Jesus. It may be that when you go to bed in this bedroom, we're praying for Jesus' blessing over slumber. It may be that as you leave here today, that it's a social media post that you make, that you say, you know what? It's Mother's Day, but ultimately it's about our Lord and Savior. I don't know what it is for each of you. But if you are a Christ follower, You don't have to live the mundane life. You don't have to wallow in the C's and the D's, the occasional F's on your report card. That's what the enemy wants you to do. 
You don't have to berate yourself that you're not a magna cum laude mommy or you didn't get 4.0s last week. You need to come before Jesus, humble yourself, ask for his redemption in your own life and then stand back up with everything that's in you and say, what I do for Jesus matters. And Vanguard say it with me, in the end, it's all that matters. So ordinary, ordinary ones, go live extraordinary. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.